Chapter Seven of Bert Wilson at the Wheel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Schmidt. Bert Wilson at the Wheel by J. W. Duffield. The Ants Go Milking. You know, said Dick as the boys threw themselves down at the side of the mound and looked at it with an entirely new interest. If these were African ants, you wouldn't be taking any such liberties with them. Instead of hanging around this mound, you would be running away like all possessed. And if you didn't make tracks in a hurry, the only thing left here would be your skeleton picked as clean as the one you saw the other day in old Dr. Sanford's office. What? cried Jim. Do you mean to say that I would run away from a little thing like an ant? Not in your life I wouldn't. Let's see, said Dick. You'd run away from a boa constrictor, wouldn't you? Who wouldn't? retorted Jim. Well, if you'd run away from the boa constrictor and he'd run away from the ants, where do you get any license to face the ants? Do you mean to say that those monster snakes are afraid of such tiny things? I should say they were, replied Dick. The ants go from place to place through the great African forest in countless numbers, millions at a time, a regular army of them. Nothing can stand before them. They strip every shrub, eat every blade of grass. They swarm over every living thing they find in their way. Sometimes they come across a snake unawares and climb all over him. He squirms and twists and rushes away, trying to brush them off against the bushes. At last he turns and bites frantically, but they never let up. They actually eat him alive, and in less than ten minutes they pass on, leaving his bones picked clean as a whistle. The natives take their wives and children and flee for their lives whenever they see an army of ants approaching. But that, of course, has nothing to do with these little American neighbors of ours. They are perfectly harmless, and though they are fierce scrappers among themselves, inflict no injury on anyone else. And there is nothing in the whole animal or insect world, except perhaps the bees, that have a society and government so much like that of men. In one respect, they are like their African brothers, and that is in their fondness for travel. Every once in a while they make up their minds to emigrate, and then they fly in swarms of millions. What? interrupted Frank. Do you mean to say they fly? I never knew that an ant had wings. Of course they have, said Dick. They often have to cross rivers to get to their new home. How could they do that without wings? Oh, I don't know, hummed Shorty. The bedbug has no wings at all, but he gets there just the same. A rather severe glance from Dick quenched Phil's exuberant spirits, which had all come back to him since his ducking. Now, continued Dick, these swarms are sometimes so vast that they darken the sun in certain localities. Men working on high buildings have been surrounded and almost blinded by them. While these emigrations last, they are a bother if not a peril, 
and the only ones that are really happy are the fish in the brooks and rivers over which they pass sometimes the surface is fairly black with them and the trout and little troutlings have the time of their lives once the flight is ended however and the new locality is chosen the wings disappear nature has no use for needless things and from that time on the air knows them no more the carpenter ants get busy right away the place is marked off as accurately as a surveyor marks out a plot in the suburbs of a city the queen ant is given a royal room apart from all the others she is a good mother and takes the best care of her little ones as they grow older they in turn help the queen to care for their little brothers and sisters they are excessively neat and clean in their personal habits they spend hours preening and combing and cleaning until they are immaculate regular dudes muttered jim well said tom that's something that will never be laid up against you jim jim who indeed had a hard time keeping up to a high ideal of cleanliness and whose hair was usually tumbled while his nails too often were draped in mourning looked a little confused and while he was thinking of something to hurl at tom dick went on there is one thing however about the ants that i don't admire they like to get somebody else to do their work a certain number of their own colony are hewers of wood and drawers of water for the rest indeed the aristocrats among them get so lazy after a while that they will not even feed themselves the workers not only have to hustle for the grub but actually have to feed it to the lords and dukes and talking of hustling for grub just look here the boys followed the direction of dick's finger and there coming up a little beaten path they saw a procession of ants dragging along a big fat caterpillar it had evidently put up a good fight judging from the numbers that had been necessary to capture it but they had proved too strong a little convulsive movement showed that it was not yet quite dead but it no longer made any resistance the formic acid that the ants secrete had partly paralyzed it and made defense impossible there was an almost comical disproportion between its large helpless bulk and the tiny size of its conquerors but this was a case where numbers counted the victors all pulled like good fellows and passing through one of the entrances of the mound finally dragged their booty into the inner cave another thing said dick when the keenly interested boys had again gathered about him the red ants are slaveholders. When their working force has been weakened or diminished, they get a big army together and raid some colony of black ants a few hundred feet or yards distant in order to carry them away as slaves. There is nothing haphazard or slouchy about the way they go about it. Everything is arranged as carefully and precisely as in the case of an American or European power getting ready to go to war at a given signal the troops come out and get in order of battle there is perfect order and system everywhere when there is a very large army a sort of hum or buzz arises from it almost as though they were beating drums to inspire the soldiers for battle they march forward in perfect time and dash upon the enemy with irresistible fury 
the black ants through their scouts have been told of the enemy's approach and have made all the preparation they can to beat them off the infant ants together with their household goods have been tucked away in upper galleries where they can see the fight but not be in it reserved seats as it were murmured frank the ants have two weapons one is the nipper that can cut off the enemy's head as neatly as a pair of shears then they have the formic acid that used against ants or other insects has a poisonous quality with both of these weapons they fight with the greatest desperation until victory declares for one side or the other the red ants are usually victorious as they are larger and stronger and more aggressive in case they win they carry away all the little ones of their black opponents and bring them up as slaves they are treated kindly and after a while seem to grow content and take their place as the humbler members of the community after the battle is over the wounded ants are carried home by their companions and the dead are buried in a regular ant cemetery the boys had listened with a fascinated interest to these marvelous stories of life going on all around them and to which they had never given more than a passing thought well said jim it sure is the queerest thing i ever heard about if anyone else but dick had told me this i wouldn't have believed it yes said tom it certainly sounds like a fairy story what gets me said shorty is that the queen seems to be the most important of the whole bunch what about the king it must be a regular suffragette colony yes replied dick in a certain sense it is the males of the community don't amount to much one by one their privileges are taken away from them they even lose their wings before the females do after they have taken their flight and safely escorted the queen to her future home they drop out of sight their wings fall off and in some cases are pulled off by the more ill-tempered females of the family they hang around a little while and then drop out of sight altogether nobody seems to care what becomes of them they can't even get back to the place from which they started their wings are gone and they can't walk they remind me of the cat they are so different the cat came back the male ants can't gee said jim how do the rest get on without them oh replied dick they don't seem to mind the males at all it takes away some of the conceit of the male sex when they see how easily one can get along without them well said shorty who is never partial to work they at least get rid of a lot of trouble how about the carpenter ants the soldier ants the foraging ants are they all females every one of them said dick it is a regular colony of amazons it seems to me said shorty that in all the bunch the queen is the only one who has a snap don't you believe it returned dick as a matter of fact she is the hardest worker of all that is at the start she is the busiest kind of a mother brings up all the little ants washes their faces combing their hair oh say interrupted shorty aren't you putting it a little bit too strong dick not at all said dick here take up this ant and look at it through the magnifying glass 
under the lens the boys crowding around saw that there sure enough was a fine silky down resembling very much the hair upon the human head of course said dick as in every other part of the animal or insect world this only lasts for a little while men and women are the only creatures in the whole universe that stick by their children through thick and thin there is no better mother than a cat for instance while the kittens are small and they need her help but just as soon as they are able to shift for themselves nothing more doing for mrs cat out they go to hustle for their own living and if some of the slower and lazier ones still hang around the mother's claws soon give them a sharp reminder that it is time to be up and doing the same is true of the birds see how the mother bird sits brooding over her eggs with what tender care she watches them while they are still unable to feed themselves how the father bird scratches from morning to night to find worms to put down those scrawny little beaks but after a while they too go to the edge of the nest and with many a timid flutter stretch their wings and drop off the edge and with the laggards the parental beak is ready to push them off into the new world where they hustle for themselves it is only a fellow's father and mother that stand by him to the end no matter how bad he is how often he wretches their hearts how many times he has sinned and been forgiven and sinned again the mother heart clings to him to the end i tell you what boys you can't make too much of that father and mother of yours you bet came in a responsive murmur from the boys now going back to the queen said dick it sure does seem that after the kids have grown up she'd have a dandy time she is by far the biggest figure in the colony the worker ants can't do too much for her she has the finest room and the choicest food and yet after all i suppose this becomes tiresome it is just as it is with human queens so many things are done for them so much pomp and ceremony surrounds them that no doubt they often sigh for freedom and would exchange their places with almost any of their subjects they are something like a little girl that was a rich man's daughter her milk was pasteurized the water she drank was sterilized so that after a while her only thought was to grow big enough to do as she chose and the very first thing she was going to do was eat a germ the boys laughed and dick resumed it is almost pathetic to see the poor old queen going out for a walk she moves in a perfect circle of courtiers as long as she keeps in the middle she is all right but the minute she strays to one side or attempts to go further this surrounding group push her back sometimes they thrust their shoulders against her and at other times simply mass themselves in front of her and even at times are undignified enough if these hints are not sufficient to take her by one of her antennae and lead her back into the centre of the circle for all the world like a mother taking home a naughty child by the ear no you can bet it is not all peaches and cream where the queen is concerned well said shorty only partly convinced 
even if the queen has troubles of her own it must be nice to be the aristocrat think of having nothing to do but just hang around and let the carpenter ants build your house and the farmer ants store up the grain and the foraging ants bring in the caterpillars and the soldier ants do the fighting no said dick you are wrong again shorty they do so little and become so dependent upon the work of others that after a while they seem to lose their faculties they wander around in a crazy and feeble way trying to kill time i suppose and after a while become so lazy and helpless that they can't even eat without help can't eat said jim whose appetite was a standing joke in camp then no lords and dukes for me i really think resumed dick that just as it is in human life the workers are the lucky ones after all there is something doing every minute their lives are full of interest they are too busy to be unhappy don't make any mistake fellows work is the salvation of the world the happiest are the busiest the drones and sluggards are almost without exception the most miserable creatures on the face of the earth if i were but just at this moment a curious thing happened the afternoon had worn on while the boys were talking and so keen was their interest in the wonders that were being brought before their eyes that they had failed to realize how late it was the ants had been wandering around in an aimless way that is it seemed aimless to the boys but doubtless they knew what they were about and had a definite object even though the boys couldn't understand it but now a sudden stir and bustle seemed to arouse the colony from numerous gates the throng came forth with almost military order and precision ah said dick here's just the thing you want to see boys it is milking time and the ants are going to herd their cows now we will follow one of these lines and see just how they do it at a few feet distant from the mound there was a little shrub about three feet high covered with foliage and with widely extended branches the column of ants reached the foot of this climbed it and scattered among the branches the boys at a signal from dick followed him softly so that the ants might not be disturbed see said dick gently taking hold of a branch that projected beyond the others look through this magnifying glass one by one the boys stole up each eager for a sight that they had never before seen or dreamed of on the upper side of the branch which dick held between his thumb and finger were little groups of parasites almost too small to be seen by the naked eye all day long they had been feeding upon the sap that came from a branch until their bodies were swollen with a transparent honeydew an ant approached one of them placed its antenna over the throat and extracted a tiny drop of the colorless liquid again and again this was repeated it seemed like rank robbery but there was no resistance on the part of the herd they seemed just as glad that milking time had come as do the cows that stand lowing at the bars of the fence and calling for the farmer drop after drop of the honey-dew was extracted until finally the aphid as the little creature is called grew lank and thin while the ant became correspondingly large 
from time to time the antenna of the ant stroked the tiny hair on the back just as a farmer would stroke the cow in order to soothe it and keep it perfectly still finally the milking was completed and the farmer ants retraced their way along the branch and down the stem and falling into line with their comrades similarly laden resumed their march to the colony the boys had watched with bated breath and almost awe-struck interest well said jim at last breaking the silence those ants are surely not going hungry to bed gee said shorty i bet they will suffer from indigestion not a bit of it said dick you don't suppose they keep this to themselves do you just look here he lifted a stone about eighteen inches from the foot of the mound under the magnifying glass they could see a number of tiny apertures that evidently led in the direction of the colony and on one side an ant waiting for the return of the milking party as dick selected one and placed his magnifying glass directly upon the opening the boys could see one of the ants laden with the honeydew stop and placing its mouth close to that of the waiting ant exude a tiny drop of its burden moving the glass around quickly in the arc of a circle they saw this process repeated until finally the round was finished and the farmer ants more lightly laden than before went on toward the main entrance of the colony those said dick are the lords and dukes getting their supper well said tom after this i am ready to believe anything i tell you what dick i never learned so much in my life as i have to-day yes said shorty as the boys picked up their kits and prepared to return to camp i am glad enough now that i didn't smash that ant nest when i tried to after all they are good sports and i would hate to spoil their fun yes replied dick you know that one of the most important principles in life is kindness to anything that breathes of course there are certain pests that are harmful to human life and we are compelled to kill in self-defense but for anything that is harmless the one great principle that should govern us always is found in those two lines that mr hollis repeated the other day never to blend our pleasure or our pride with sorrow to the meanest thing that feels end of chapter seven